to all your doubts and fears. Tell me, when you are needing someone to wipe away your tears, yes, she can say, come on, say, God can do more than you could ever ask or think. He holds all power in his mighty hand. When you can see the way, just remember this, my friend. This is Peace for a Broken World with Apostle I.D. Lawan. The Full Stature Missions International boldly present the dynamic proclamation of the release of the kingdom now and the declaration of the rule of God in the earth today through Jesus Christ. Digest this Holy Spirit anointed word from God. Now here is Apostle I.D. Lawan. Father, we thank you. We we'll bless your name because you are faithful. We thank you because you are reliable. We thank you because you can be trusted. We thank you because you do not disappoint. We thank you because you are the provider, Jehovah Jireh. Thank you because you do not lack in heaven. Thank you because heaven is not empty, but heaven is full of all the blessings we need. We are very grateful that you are the supplier of all our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So we are grateful, we are very thankful. Lord, we pray that, Lord, what we learn, we will be able to share. What we receive, we will be able to distribute. Because freely we have received, freely we should give. So we are thankful that your word will go forth to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. What is your image? What is your image? What is your image? These are important messages for our day. I trust that my voice will be clear enough for all of us to hear the mandates of God and for us to be able to carry out more diligence in our call and stop being afraid of saying and preaching what the Lord has sent us to say. And the subject is, what is your image? i like to introduce the message by saying that if you don't know who you are, you can not know what you have. If you don't know who you are, you will not know what you have. i like to repeat myself, that if you don't know who you are, then you do not know and you won't know what you have. And that is the problem of the church. Now, in order to distract us, Satan uses many methods to keep us out of balance, lest we get established in the truth. And this enemy wants to blind our minds to our destiny. And truly, this is God's destiny for us. So first... Christ is the image of God. Second, Christ is the image in us. Third, the fact of the new creation. And fourthly, we must destroy all false images. And five, we are adopted as sons of God. 
In Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. I want us to study the Bible. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. I read. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now that's the very beginning of the Bible. If we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. I read, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Verse 4, in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, to shine unto them. So here we are told that the image of God is Christ, and that Christ is the image of God. Now that's very important, because they said in whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. If you read verse 6, it goes on to say, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, had shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In other words, light reflects images. Light reflects images. And so when God commanded the light to shine in Genesis chapter 1, which is what the Bible is referring to in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in verse 6, it said God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness at the very beginning, it is the same God who is giving the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So through that light, Images are created. So when you see, images are painted in the heart of man. So you know what kind of person you are. And these images are revelation knowledge of God. So that we know who Jesus is. Because Christ is the image of God. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 3. Hebrews chapter 1. Verse number 3, I read. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So you see again, the Bible here says that Jesus is the brightness of God's glory 
and he is this express image of this person. <laughs> that is very accurate description by saying God, by saying Christ is the express image of God's person and that he upholds all things by the word of his power. And so we know basically if you want to know the summary of the whole Bible and all that we preach, then look at Jesus very well. If you take him apart and you talk about healing and you emphasize healing, that's fine. If you emphasize holiness, that's fine. If you emphasize prosperity, well, that's what you chose. Whatever you emphasize, don't forget you are sharing parts of Jesus. And so you must look at him as a whole and not just one part. You may come to one part and may look so beautiful. Maybe you are talking about peace. Or maybe you are talking about love. Or maybe you are talking about mercy. There is no way you talk about mercy that it will not cross over into faith. There is no way you talk about faith, if you have read the Bible very well, that it will not cross over into faithfulness. There is no way you talk about faithfulness that we're not talking about perseverance. There is no way you talk about perseverance that it will not cross and cross accord to maybe patience. There is no way you talk about patience that you will not get back to faith. There is no way you talk about faith that you will not get back to love. There is no way you talk about love, you will go back round, 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 and you will come back to the same person describing Jesus Christ, our Lord. Because actually when you see Jesus, you are looking at God. And so this is the joy of the believer. Of course, when we believed the gospel, we did not know. They just told us to repent, we repented. They told us to go and witness, we went and witnessed. We did not understand what we were actually doing, many of us, in the early times when we believed. But as you grow older, then you find out, oh, so what the heaven has given to me is this mighty. So what heaven has shared with me is this big. What heaven has shared with the church and with the world is this mighty and cannot be contained just by myself and cannot be contained by any one family. But it must be shared and is big enough to be shared with the whole world. I'm praying that we will no longer be silent. We talk about our missionaries and that's good. But I want to remind you that no matter how much money you give, and no matter how many travel you go to go and visit a missionary, if you yourself, you are not witnessing, if you yourself, you are not spreading the truth, if you yourself, you are not going out there and doing something and gathering people and teaching and preaching and sharing by the grace of the living God, there is still something wrong, I believe, with all my heart. Something must be seriously wrong with you if you hear all that you hear. And so I want to challenge us to take this image of Jesus and let it first of all reflect in our own lives and then we begin to share it very widely, very confidently, very boldly of what it is we have received. Now the New Testament tells us very clearly what the goal of the Christian journey is. 
in this life and in the one to come. The indwelling Christ is the prophet, is the priest, is the king. But the church has a problem to identify with him. That's the problem. We are not able to identify with Christ. What we see in him is not what we see in us. Who he is is not what many believers are. Some are making efforts. Some are, are trying. Some are praying. Some want to grow. Some are striving. All of us, many of us, are striving. We are making and taking steps. But there are many people who are taking no steps at all. They don't even understand because the light is not shining to them yet. As you read the Old Testament, you will find out one thing, that the living God, the mighty God, was reduced to idol images by man's hands. I was shocked. As I checked the word image, through the concordance, I used my Old Testament Hebrew to check the concordance on the meaning of image and wherever verse it has appeared, especially the Hebrew word that is translated image. I wanted to see where it appears in all of the Old Testament and I went one by one by one by one. And I found out that in most of the passages in the Old Testament, it refers to idols, images of idols, how man translated and understood God who created them as idols. In fact, the prophet Isaiah made it worse by explaining that men went and cut down trees. Part of it, they used in cooking. Part of it, they used it as wood. Part of it, they cut and shaped it like something that they can worship. And, and the expression is, why are you worshiping something you yourself went and cut down? And then you shaped it like a face. You shaped it like a human being. And then you now put it in the corner. And now you are burning some oil and you are burning some fire. And yet out of the same wood, you use it to cook food. And then you are calling that God. And it's the somewhat foolishness of man. Because our God is the living God. Hallelujah. Our God is the living God. So we must come back as believers and settle down in our hearts. Because I have seen that believers, we are too giddy. Some of us are not very, we don't think far. We think very, you know, short distance. We don't look far. We don't think far about the magnitude of the work we have been given. Of the mightiness of the assignment we have been given. And the necessity to sit down and see this thing. That is this thing as important as this? And then what value? Have I given to it? And that's the reason why Paul, the apostle by the Holy Spirit, brings out the challenge in Philemon verse 6. And he says that the communication of your faith may become effectual. How? By the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. In other words, you have to recognize. In other words, you have to acknowledge that there is some good thing that have been placed in your life and you need to make it effectual. And you cannot make it effectual except you communicate your faith. By communicating your faith, by speaking, by talking about it, 
by expressing it and by talking about those things that God has given to you. And so Paul effectually says, he says that the communicating of your faith may become effectual. How? By acknowledging. By acknowledging. By recognizing. By being aware. By knowing. And then by recognizing it and accepting it. That this is the magnitude of what I have been given. And then you recognize those good things that have been placed in your life. And then you get up and begin to say yes. This is what is given to the church. This is what the church is to become in the earth. No matter where, whether in the bush or in the city, whether in the city or in the village, whether in the village or in the town, whether in the town or on the road, whether on the campus, wherever it is, primary school, secondary school, wherever it is, there is something that we have been given that we can begin to recognize and describe as individuals. In Romans chapter 8, in Romans chapter number 8, verse 29, it says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That is a full statement. In other words, before we were even conceived, in other words, before we were even born, in other words, there is an ordination. What the Bible calls predestined is an ordination. We were ordained to look like Jesus. Can somebody say amen about that? A lot of us are still scared to be told that we are to look like Jesus. We're scared because we don't know what people are going to expect of us. And that well, if that is the standard, then how far have I gone? And then we become, you know, maybe ashamed. Or maybe you become, maybe unaware. Or maybe you become, oh, well, I don't think that is in my life yet. And then we, we kind of shudder or we kind of shake or we kind of say, well, if that is what it is, then it's very difficult. No, it's not. If you are born again, then there is something in you that can be affected. If you are born again, then there is something that has been put in your life. It may be a baby, but that baby can grow. And I'm praying it will develop and come forth in the name of Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verse number 40, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 40, there are also celestial bodies. Let me read in verse 49, at the end of the verse, so that you can understand where I'm going. In verse 49, it said, As we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Praise God. It said, As we have borne the image of the earthy, that is Adam, then we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. But before I read that passage, I want to tell you that the resurrection principle is past, is present, is future. I want you to understand that. That is the reason why I want to be very particular in this particular passage. In verse 40, there are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one. And the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For one star differed from another star in glory. So also in the resurrection of the dead, it is sown in corruption. 
It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body. It is raised in a spiritual body. There is a natural body. There is a spiritual body. So it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterward, that which is spiritual. Verse 47, the first man of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven, as is the earthy, such as they also that are earthy, as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as they have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So you can see here, I've tried to draw out a number of comparisons and line up one by one for you. I have left a gap on the right so that you will be able to know which one is present, which one is past, and which one is future. Now, let here we go. He said there are bodies that are terrestrial, that is the earthly image, and then the heavenly image, and then there are bodies that are celestial, that is the heavenly. All right? So you will see that that is future for us. For Christ, it was no future. Because already he had a body when he rose from the dead, a body that the walls could not stop. Praise the Lord. Because he is the firstborn. And the rest of us are going to follow after. Praise the Lord. So you see here an example of something that is future for us. But then, in another sense, it is past. Because Jesus has already passed the way before us. Number two, we have those that are sown in corruption. And raised in incorruption. Already, of, of the same thing, it is future. Because we are still carrying a body of corruption. Right? But it is past. As far as Christ is concerned, David was buried. And he was in corruption. Jesus was buried. He rose again from the dead. And his body was not consumed in corruption. In fact, the Bible says none of his bones were broken. And in fact, when he rose from the dead, he told the doubters, you know, that's Thomas, he said, touch me and see that a spirit had not flesh and bones. He didn't say flesh and blood. He said the spirit does not have flesh and bones. Praise God. So you see that this is the description of who we will be, who will know, who will have this kind of revelation. And praise will not be in your mouth every day. Who would have this kind of revelation? And you will know what you will be. You will know what you have. And you will not be rejoicing every day. And then you'll be paying attention to matters of, I don't have money. I don't have this. I don't have that. And, and those are the things that the devil will use to distract you and almost destroy you. i still come to that later. But the point I'm trying to make is this. That the body is soon in corruption when somebody dies. But then it is raised in incorruption because it will be given a new body. Now that to us is future. But then for Christ, it is past. Then the next word is says it's perishable. But the spiritual one is imperishable. That's why the Bible said, even though the body, all right, is diminishing, is decaying, 
is going day by day. But the spirit man is getting more lively. In other words, if you're a Christian, your inner man is being renewed day by day by the spirit of God. Praise God. In other words, you are getting older, so to say, naturally. It does not really matter at all when it touches the realm of the spirit. Because in the spirit, we never get old. That's what is here. Then he said, the body is shown in weakness, but it is raised in power. That's also present and future. He said, a natural body and then a spiritual body. He said, the first Adam and then the last Adam. It's a living soul and then a, a life-giving spirit or a quickening spirit, which is who the Holy Spirit is to us. As we read the last time in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Now, so some of them are present tense for us. Some of them are future tense for us. But that's the nature of the resurrection. The Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead is living in us and therefore it serves as a deposit. It serves as deposit. It serves as a security. Alright? It serves as a down payment of what we are to experience in years or days to come. And that is why the believer must be so active and pay attention so that the things that bog the average Christian down or the baby Christian down does not bog you down at all. Because many people who are in Christ do not have and celebrate this type of understanding. And because of that, they are bogged down with earthly matters. It is worse. If you go to a church where everything they talk about is how to marry. Everything they talk about is how to get a new job. It, everything they talk about is how to get Naira. Everything they talk about is how to you know, eat in a hotel. It, everything they talk about is how to set a new business up. It, everything they talk about has to do with some earthly thing. Now, those things may be good in themselves, but if we don't understand the powers that control the realm of the spirit, which is what we're giving, then it will look like Christianity is hard. It will look like Christianity is impossible. It will look like Christianity cannot be done. It will look like a utopia, something so far away that cannot be understood. I'm praying that is not your case in the name of Jesus Christ. I cannot finish this broadcast without giving someone an opportunity to receive Jesus as Savior and as Lord of their lives. So I want you to pray this prayer after me. I want you to say, Lord God Almighty, I recognize I am a sinner. I recognize I am lost. But I have heard your word that in this day I can be saved through the sacrifice and the offering of the blood of Jesus Christ, your son. I believe that he is the savior. I believe he came to save me. I repent of all my sins and I forsake them. You said, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but he that confesseth them shall receive mercy. I ask for the mercy of the blood of Jesus Christ right now to wash away my sins and that I be forgiven, and that my name be written in the book of life. Forgive me, O God, and set me free from Satan. Set me free from my sins. Set me free from every bondage. Set me free from evil spirits. Thank you, Father. Jesus, I'm asking to come into my heart and be my Lord right now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer with me, please call the number that will be announced after 
this word. God bless you in Jesus' name. Till I come your way again, rejoice in the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, I prayed. Amen and amen. You have been listening to Peace for a Broken World. For prayer, counseling, and prophetic word, call 0808-635-2104 0808-635-2104 0808-635-2104 0808-635-2104 0808-635-2104 0808-635-2104 0808-635-2104 0808-635-2104 0808-635-2104 0808-635-2104 0808-635-2104 0808-635-2104 0808-635